All right, and welcome to Just a Guy Talking Football Podcast with PG Janky. It is Monday. It is time to run it back from the weekend. Let's see what the weekend that was. We had a really good outing on Just a Guy Talking Football Podcast. 10 for 15 on the money line. 11 for 15 on the over-unders, guys. I hope you're listening to me on that. And I hope to God you ignore me on anything that I pick on the spread. Just don't even listen to me. In fact, I don't even know if I'm going to pick the spreads anymore. I'm just kidding. I'll keep picking the spreads. But I, it, it's nothing to write home about. Let's just say that. So let's just focus on the wins. Money line 10 for 15. Over under 11 for 15. Okay, so let's start it right up, guys. We're going to run it back. Philly versus Washington, where we saw Philly hold on to win 38-31. to But man, Washington is pesky when they play Philadelphia, guys. Sam Howell loves to play Philly. 397 yards in the air, four touchdowns and an interception. I mean, the main thing in this one, guys, Jalen Hurts, 319 yards in the air, four TDs, zero interceptions, we did see the brotherly shove or the tush push uh, actually fail for once because uh, Jalen Hurts fumbled on the Washington one yard line. But here's the deal, guys. Philly got down quick, fourteen to three, and then they really slow start against Washington. They always have slow starts against Washington, but they turned it on. You got to, and at this point, if we're not putting money on A.J. Brown to catch at least 100 yards receiving a game, I, I, I think we have to. I mean, he's automatic. Eight, tar- eight receptions on eight targets for 130 yards and two touchdowns. And they weren't easy touchdowns either, guys. They were. He had to really focus in on the first one, and the second one was a thing of beauty as well. I mean, that's the thing, guys. Philly, they capitalize and put points on the board when they need to. They're resilient. They come on back. They were 61% on third down. Washington was 58% on third down. It really came down to a costly interception in the fourth quarter for Washington. That's what happened, guys. After that, Philly scored a touchdown. Washington gave it up on downs the next two drives. Philly put another touchdown on. Washington did get a late one, but... That was it. Philly just hung on to win, like I said, against those pesky Washington Commanders. All right, next up, Atlanta visiting Tennessee, where we saw Tennessee win this game 28-23. to So, first things first, Will Levis. Will Levis exploded for 238 yards passing and four touchdowns. Was this the spark that this podcast was calling for? I believe for the last couple weeks, I've been saying, hey, maybe they need a different spark on offense. They might want to try to put Will Levis in. I wonder what will happen. Well, boom. DeAndre Hopkins exploded for 128 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, one was a 47-yard bomb. Another one was a 61-yard bomb. I mean, that's it, guys. Tennessee needed some offense going. You get their Then you get Derrick Henry going for 101 yards on the ground. Their defense added six sacks and a fumble recovery. On the other side of the ball, we had Atlanta. Now, we did see Desmond Ritter go out with a concussion. He did get cleared, but Taylor Heineke went in for him. And Heineke led him on two long touchdown drives, guys. So, I don't know what they're going to do, I you know, with Ritter. I mean, with Ritter in there, 
They were only able to muster up a couple field goals. So I think, you know what, this offense and the skilled players on this offense, I think you might have to start to just turn to Heineke. We'll have to see what goes on there. I mean, it's they're going to have a lot, of, lot to think about this week. But needless to say, we're seeing two different franchises go two different ways with quarterbacks. They made the switch to Will Levis in Tennessee, and it looks like it's a spark they need. Will they? Will Atlanta continue to with uh, Taylor Heineke in and see if that's the spark that they need moving forward? All right, let's move on to the New York Jets visiting, and that's a per, uh, definitely air quotes on that. Uh, the New York Giants, since they play in the same stadium. All right, the Jets won this one 13 to 10 in overtime. Now, this wasn't an offensive game by any means. I mean, this one had underwritten all over it the whole time. Um, Jets, uh, 13% on third down, 0 for 2 in the red zone. I mean, somebody had to win this one, right? That's, I mean, basically what it was. Here's here's what happened, kind of at the end of the game, if, if anybody didn't really watch. Um, the Giants, they missed a field goal with about 28 seconds left, so they were going to go up, they were trying to go up 13 to 7. And instead, of, so they missed that field goal. Then they gave up two 29-yard passes, and they let the Jets kick a field goal with expi- time expiring to let the Jets tie it. And then after that, they get into overtime. They punt the ball after one possession, and Jets march down. Big pass interference that put the Jets, uh, I think, on the New York Giants' 15-yard line, and that was pretty much all she wrote. Now. Uh, bad thing for the Giants. Tyrod Taylor went down now too. Um, Tommy DeVito was in there. So, I mean, all the offensive output from the Giants was from Saquon Barkley, basically, guys. He had a tw- 128 yards on the ground. And the uh, Giants only had 194 yards of total offense. I mean, main thing is we're going to have to see if Daniel Jones is coming back soon. I don't know how bad Tyrod Taylor is. And the thing is, though, with the Giants, the defense isn't the problem. Defense is playing some ball. They they are playing some ball, and they're keeping them in. So, But the Jets held out to win this one. Like I said, not much of an offensive output from either team here, but somebody had to win. All right. Another uh, game with not a, much of an offensive output was the Houston Texans visiting the Carolina Panthers. And we see the Carolina Panthers put one in the win column, 15-13. Not much to really talk about in either in this game, guys, really. C.J. Stroud, 140 yards in the air, zero touchdowns. Bryce Young, 235 yards in the air and a touchdown. I mean, the main thing that I kind of saw in the stat lines here, too, guys, was Miles Sanders is just being kind of taken out of the rotation in Carolina, so it looks like that was a pretty much a bad free agent signing. I don't know if he was hurt or what, but we're seeing Hubbard take over there. And Carolina basically kicked a field goal with time expiring on a long six-minute drive in the to end the game. So hats off to Carolina for that long drive. They 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 won the game, put one in the win column. Not much else to say other than that, other than I thought the Texans defense um, was a little bit better than they played. Okay, <clears throat> moving right along to New England Patriots visiting the Miami Dolphins in an AFC East matchup. Well, the Patriots came falling back to earth as Miami beat them 31-17. to Now, the one thing that I'll say, guys, 
when you're in Miami or if the game's getting ready to be played in Miami, you know, put those track shoes on and get ready to take the over because it's going to be a, a it's going to be fast. It's going to be moving. All right. Because it's going to be a track meet with with Miami Dolphins. They want to get it moving and they want to get it going good. Tyreek Hill. I think he's going to set the record for receiving this year, guys. Eight target or eight receptions on thirteen targets, hundred twelve yards. It's just unbelievable what he's doing this year. He did have a touchdown. Waddle had a touchdown. Two uh, three hundred twenty four yards passing in the air. Three touchdowns and an interception. I mean, and like I said, New England eleven percent on third down. I, I mean, two hundred eighteen total yards of offense. After beating Buffalo last week, they just they come crashing back down to earth. Not much else to say other than that, guys. It should be an interesting matchup, I think, here in a week with uh, Miami getting ready to play um, Kansas City in uh, Germany. Let's move on to the game in between the Los Angeles Rams versus the Dallas Cowboys, where we saw the Cowboys completely annihilate the Rams 43-20. to It all happened in the first quarter, guys. Rams... You know, we're semi-close in the game. Then they threw a pick six, turned around and gave up a safety. And then off that safety possession, uh, Dallas scored again, which it just went from, so it went 17 to 3 to 19 to 3 to 26 to 3 to 33, 33 to 3 real quick. That's basically it. Stafford went down in the game. Brett Rippon did not do much in uh, replacing him. Dallas capitalized on what they were supposed to. Dak, 304 yards total uh, in the air, four touchdowns and an interception. C.D. Lamb absolutely went off. 12 receptions on 14 targets, 158 yards, and two touchdowns. I mean, but in, like I said, like in a span of six minutes, the score jumped from 17 to 33 for the for the Cowboys, which was just pretty unbelievable. So, I mean, minus that, not much to say. I, I don't know what the Rams are going to do with uh, Stafford. I don't know how long he's out. If he's out, that's going to be a huge blow to them because I don't think that Brett Rippon is necessarily a big answer for them. But we'll have to see. Dallas is definitely looking like it's back on track. I did think the Rams were a little bit better of a team, but when you don't have Stafford in there, that's what's going to happen. So, all right. Moving on to a hard-fought match in between the Jacksonville Jaguars and Pittsburgh Steelers. Jacksonville ended up winning this one 20-10, and which I like I thought it was going to be, guys. A hard-fought defensive matchup. That's what it looked like, and that's what it was. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, a.k.a. Sunshine, 292 yards in the air, uh, a touchdown and an interception. They were 0-3 in the red zone. I mean, basically... Not a very good, very good showing. I mean, from the Pittsburgh Steelers, they did lose Kenny Pickett. He got hurt in the second quarter. Mitch Trubisky came on in, 139 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. Main thing is, guys, but uh, Pittsburgh Steelers cannot run the ball well this year, and and it absolutely shows. I don't know what's going to go on. I mean, as a team, they had 70 yards rushing. Travis Etienne, as a person, had 79 yards rushing. So if that goes to show you where Pittsburgh is usually dominant on the ground game, they are not. Uh, Deontay Johnson, he had 85 yards uh, receiving. George Pickens only had one catch. It was a touchdown for 22 yards. I don't know what's going to go on with their offense. But, I mean, Jacksonville's defense, very underrated, like we talked about. I don't know if they're so much underrated anymore. But 
they are definitely rolling in the right way. Pittsburgh needs to figure out some answers on offense. Okay, moving on to an NFC North matchup of Minnesota versus Green Bay. Minnesota, 24-10 victors, but they probably feel like a loss in this one. I mean, they lost Kirk Cousins, and it looks like he's got torn Achilles out for the season. He had 274 yards in the air and two touchdowns. Just when Minnesota was kind of getting rolling, their defense is playing good. Their offense has got some stuff, to, some firepower on it. K.J. Osborne, 99 yards. Hawkinson, 88 yards. Addison, 82 yards. And they still could get Justin Jefferson back in a couple weeks. I don't know what they're going to do with the quarterback position. Jaron Hall, rookie out of BYU. He was the backup. He came in. He didn't do much. They didn't need much at that point. But, man, they got to figure out something. And I don't know what they're going to do. And on the reverse side of the ball, guys, Green Bay, I don't know what's going on. I mean, I do know what's going on. They're playing like crap. But Jordan Love, he added another interception. So that's seven interceptions in his last four games. Um, 230 yards in the air. Green Bay has no running attack to talk of. So when you have no running attack and they're just uh, going back to pass, everybody's going to be playing the pass, and hence Jordan Love's going to be turning over the ball. I This is not the Green Bay that I thought would come on out. I thought they'd have a better running attack this whole year. I thought Jordan Love would be a better game manager, and it is not the case. So LaFleur, eh, you know, maybe he was relying way too much on Aaron Rodgers. We'll have to see. I mean, it's the main thing is Green Bay... Seven attempts rushing is just not going to do it. I know you're behind in the game, but you weren't behind down that much in this game for that long. So, moving right along to the New Orleans Saints versus the Indianapolis Colts. We saw New Orleans call game on this one, 38-27. 511 total yards of offense for, for New Orleans. Holy goodness. Derek Carr, 310 yards in the air. Alva Kamara, 17 uh, attempts, 59 yards rushing. Touchdown, four receptions on five targets, 51 yards, and a touchdown through the air. He went over 10,000 scrimmage yards for his career. Holy goodness. Main thing is New Orleans uh, offense is definitely firing away. Defense had a couple good showings, did have a uh, good couple um, turnovers uh, to help them out. And that's the thing with Indy, man. The turnovers are costing them. It really is. Garden Minshew gives up that ball in just non-unopportune times. I mean, he he threw an interception in the third quarter when it was 21-20. They were on the New Orleans 33. And New Orleans just goes down and scores and makes it 28-20. And then it was 38, you know, in a blink of an eye. Main thing I'll say for Indy on this song, guys, and I'm starting to kind of see. You're seeing the emergence of Josh Downs as a viable threat. And their offense. He had seven receptions on nine targets for 72 yards. I would definitely start to kind of take a peek at him. Especially if you guys are starting to look at props every week. Receptions. Yardage. He's probably still low enough. And going to be low enough that you guys can tag in there. Just a little little, uh, point for the future. And he's running the ball okay. Jonathan Taylor, 12 attempts uh, for 95 yards. Zach Moss, 11 attempts for 66 yards and a touchdown. It's just the costly turnovers from Gardner Minshew. And you know what? He's kind of been known for that in his career. He'll get you some yardage. He'll get you some points. But it's unfortunate he turns over the ball, too, at inopportune times. 
All right, moving on to a uh, matchup in between the Cleveland Browns and the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle ended up winning this one, guys, 24-20. And, I mean, it wasn't the fault of P.J. Walker. He did all he could. 248 yards in the air, a touchdown. He did have two interceptions and a fumble, which doesn't help. I mean, when Cleveland's up 20-17, to threw a late interception, and then the Seahawks march right down and score right after that. Yeah, Jackson Smith, Nick Jigba. We're seeing him start to uh, start to be emerge for the Seattle Seahawks, especially in the red zone. Guys, he is becoming a huge red zone target for them. But that was all that they wrote. Uh, Seattle scored late to make it twenty four twenty, and I mean Cleveland is going to be probably wondering when or if Deshaun Watson's coming back. I mean, what did they trade all this stuff for? For him to just sit there? I don't know. We'll have to see. I don't have any updates on his. Uh, Injury status, but I, you know, P.J. Walker, is he's trying to do what he can, but he's he's giving you the stats that you think he's going to give you. He's giving you three turnovers, especially in a rowdy place like Seattle to play. All right, guys, moving on to the Baltimore versus Arizona Cardinals. We saw Baltimore win this one 31-24. Arizona with a late nine points in the last two minutes to make the cover, by the way. One of the only covers I actually picked, right? But anyways, guys, uh, very, very low output uh, from Baltimore on offense. Only 268 yards total offense. Very, very low for them. I mean, but you put one in the win column, so what can you say? I mean, Lamar had 157 yards in the air and a touchdown. He only added 17 yards rushing. Gus Edwards probably had the best offensive output for the Baltimore Ravens. He had 80 yards on the ground and two touchdowns. I mean Arizona, they did what they were. They, they you know, did what they could. They were three for three in the red zone. They had three hundred total ten yards total offense, so that was more than Baltimore. But a lot of that was in the last couple minute. You know, the last couple of drives of the game when they were down thirty one fifteen. Came back, charged, made it thirty one twenty four. Late cover. Hey, they fought hard with Baltimore. Their defense definitely tried to step up. They had four sacks, but. Wasn't enough to beat the Ravens, which Ravens are definitely rolling. I think, you know, I don't know if they overlooked Arizona, but I think they'll be just fine. All right, moving on to a big game in San Francisco this weekend, which was the Bengals visiting the 49ers. Bengals won this one, guys, 31-17. Burrow did what he was supposed to do. 283 yards in the air, three touchdowns, 400 total yards of offense, four for five in the red zone. And that's the key. Four for five of the red zone and zero interceptions from Burrow. Where you have the reverse side. Okay, San Francisco. Third straight loss in a row. Brock Purdy. Another game with costly interceptions. Struggling. It's two interceptions and a fumble. Now the fumble was late. They were already pretty much down. The game was pretty much over. But still. Brock Purdy's you know, showing his mortalness, if you will. And these interceptions are costing the 49ers. Now, the only other thing I'll say, too, is the 49ers defense is supposed to be pretty dang good. And I'm not saying that they have to make up for every uh, Brock Purdy mistake that he has. But they got to stop somebody sometime, okay? And Brock Purdy, you cannot turn it over when you're in 
the other team's red zone, and he did. It was a crazy interception by the defensive lineman, but still. Just pretty much unbelievable. But they were 2-for-4 in the red zone. They had 460 yards of total offense, but a lot of that was when they were trying to play catch-up in the late in the fourth quarter. San Francisco's in trouble, but they got a bye week to think about it. I'm not saying that you go away from Brock Purdy, but he's got to figure out something. Because if he keeps throwing these interceptions and costly interceptions for these turnovers... I mean, Seattle's not going away either, guys. You guys, you know, San Francisco will be staring at Seattle just to try to win this this dang division. And, you know, as as much as I was uh, pounding the San Francisco drum earlier this year, and listen, I still think San Francisco is going to be a playoff caliber team and, and, a, and a force to be reckoned with. But they got to do some corrections here, okay? Cincinnati's a good team. Don't get me wrong. Cincinnati's a great team. But there was plenty of times for San Francisco to make this a game and also to try to tie the game or put this game away on their own side. And they never got a chance to. So something to think about with San Francisco. They got a week off and it's probably going to be a long two weeks thinking about everything. Okay, guys. Big surprise of the day in Denver where we saw Kansas City fall to the Broncos 24-9. to Kansas City... Kansas City, zero points in the second half, two fumbles and an interception in the first half, 0 for 3 in the red zone. That is not the Chiefs that we know. Now, supposedly Mahomes wasn't feeling too good, an illness or whatever. Could the Chiefs maybe have been uh, looking past the Broncos and thinking about the Dolphins next week in Germany? Mm, Probably. I would probably say that would be a good case. Thinking about that big matchup against the Dolphins in a way far away country. But, hey, Denver defense showed up, man. And they capitalized on those turnovers. I mean, they didn't blow you away on the stat, on the offensive stat lines, but they didn't need to. I mean, they were 3-for-5 in the red zone. Javante Williams, 85 yards on the ground. Russell Wilson, three touchdowns in the air. Main thing is Denver's defense played out of its mind. And, like, hey, whether Kansas City was overlooking them or not, the defense did what it was supposed to do for once, which was kind of shocking when you give up 70 points to the Dolphins, but you only let the Chiefs score nine. Hey, guys, Denver, let's ride, baby. All right, we're going to go on to the night game, that disappointing night game of the Bears visiting the Chargers where Tyson Bajan had us believing a little bit, Bears fans, didn't he? Well, we came crashing back, didn't we? With the Chargers going, uh, winning this game 30-13. to Yeah, Bajan, you know, looked like a quarterback from Division II school playing his second game. 232 yards in the air. I mean, he didn't throw the ball too bad. A couple bad interceptions, guys, though. And they never got the run game going, really, uh, Chicago, I would say. And that's a big deal. I mean, I know that they got down pretty quick, but the Chicago is a running team. And if we can't get the running game going, that's what's going to happen. I mean, the other thing is, too, Chicago just cannot put any pressure on the quarterback, and it shows. Zero sacks again, and Justin Herbert took full advantage. I mean, he completed his first 15 passes. He was 294 yards total with three touchdowns. The Chargers scored on the first five possessions. They didn't even punt to the second half. I mean, that, that's all she wrote, guys. They they scored and kept scoring and kept scoring and kept scoring, and and the Bears could barely do, muster up uh, two touchdowns. 
And that's all she wrote. So we'll have to see. Um, for the Bears, like I said, for an impressive game against Las Vegas to come look like that, where the offensive line looked pitiful again and the defense looked pretty uh, inept, just goes to show you. I mean, the Chargers definitely ate that Bears zone scheme on defense up pretty bad. All right, let's preview tonight's game, guys. Let's uh, move right along here. We've got the Las Vegas Raiders visiting the Detroit Lions. Now, guys, Detroit, as of this morning, was 7.5-point favorites. Over-under is 46.5. I'm going to take Detroit money line on this one. I'm taking Detroit minus 7.5, and and I'm taking the over 46.5. I think we're going to see Detroit, uh, after a very weak performance against Baltimore, put up some points. And try to play uh, pretty good defense. Now, Jimmy G's back for the Raiders. I don't think it's going to be enough to to beat these uh, Detroit Lions. I think they're going to get their offense cooking again uh, after that uh, low output against, the Ra- like I said, the Ravens last week. couple props that I like for tonight, okay? Just in case uh, if you guys are looking that way. I like Sam Laporta. Ultimate, alternate receiving yards. Uh, 50 yards or more, plus 105. I like Devontae Adams to receptions over five and a half, minus 160. I like Jared Goff over one and a half passing touchdowns, minus 150. And I do like the Jameer Gibbs anytime touchdown at minus 125. So there you go, guys. Couple things for you. Now, tomorrow we'll run it back from the Monday game. I'll give you my post week eight power rankings. But other than that, guys, thank you for joining Just a Guy Talking Football Podcast. Stay tuned. We got plenty more coming up for you this week. And I am out.